This podcast is brought to you by BMJ Best Practice. BMJ Best Practice offers evidence-based, continually updated and practical knowledge that will help you make better clinical decisions. Hello and welcome to this BMJ Best Practice podcast on jet lag. Kieran Walsh is my name. I'm clinical director at BMJ. Jet lag affects millions of travelers worldwide. A rapid change in time zone produces a constellation of symptoms that we call jet lag. Consequences include insomnia and impaired performance. To tell us more about this problem and what we can do about it, we have on the line Dr. Ashish Adlaka, Assistant Professor of Neurology and Sleep Medicine at the University of Connecticut. And importantly, Ashish is author of our BMJ Best Practice topic on this condition. So Ashish, you're welcome. Let's start off by asking, what exactly is jet lag? Thank you for inviting me here. Jet lag disorder is a disorder of the circadian rhythm. Various endogenous body rhythms appear to be regulated by an internal pacemaker, the suprachiasmatic nucleus. These rhythms are influenced and are in synchrony with environmental cues by a process known as entrainment. Light is the most effective entraining agent. Jet lag is a temporary desynchronization between endogenous body rhythms and exogenous environmental rhythms, which are caused by rapid transmeridian travel across different time zones, which leads to sleep disturbance, reduced alertness, general malaise, and gastrointestinal symptoms. As a clinical example, a business executive is traveling for a business trip from London to Shanghai for 10 days. His nonstop flight leaves London at 10 p.m. and reaches Shanghai at 5 p.m. local time the next day. The day he reaches Shanghai, he has difficulty falling asleep at night. He can't get up in the morning and feel sleepy through the next morning. He has difficulty focusing in business meetings and almost dozes off through his presentations. On arriving back to London, he feels tired, he has headaches, muscle soreness, and constipation, which self-resolves in a few days. Okay, thank you. And how do you make the diagnosis, or how does somebody know if they genuinely have jet lag? Um, Jet lag is a clinical diagnosis, a medical Sleep and psychiatric history are sufficient for the diagnosis of jet lag disorder. In the absence of previous history of sleep disorders with a history of transmeridian travel, the diagnosis is usually straightforward. To make the diagnosis, travel across at least two time zones is essential. The main complaint of the patients will be either insomnia or daytime sleepiness. Usually, Eastward travel is associated with difficulty falling asleep and westward travel with difficulty maintaining sleep. Patients may also complain of impairment of daytime functioning, general malaise, muscle cramps, or somatic symptoms such as constipation within one to two days of travel. The risk factors for more severe symptoms include rapidity of travel, number of time zones crossed, sleep deprivation, excessive usage of alcohol or caffeine consumption during the flight, stress before, during or after travel, and individual propensity towards such symptoms. Okay, thank you. And what would you say are the common pitfalls in diagnosis? Usually a thorough history should 
help us differentiate between the symptoms of jet lag from travel-related fatigue. Symptoms of travel-related fatigue include general fatigue, increased predisposition to headaches, and travel weariness. Travel fatigue is associated with any long journey and does not require travel across different time zones. And it usually gets better by the next day after a good night's sleep. Okay, thank you. Have there been any recent advances in diagnosis? The diagnosis of jet lag was clinical before and is still based on a proper history and physical examination. No testing is necessary. However, if the symptoms are prolonged, then other disorders uh, such as insomnia need to be ruled out and other coexisting sleep disorders also need to be ruled out. In such scenarios, a sleep diary, sleep log, actigraphy study, or a sleep study may be needed. And sorry, one of those things you mentioned, uh, was it actigraphy? Actigraphy study. Yeah, t tell us what that is. So that is basically a motion logging device. It's like a wristwatch you wear on your hand, and it um, basically um, logs motion and periods of rest. So it can tell us whether we are sleeping or we are moving around. And um, it can be helpful in diagnosing other circadian rhythm disorders or insomnia symptoms. Okay, thank you. Let's move on to management. What's the mainstay of management of jet lag? The aim of treatment is to realign the body's internal rhythms with the new time zone and to manage the symptoms that are occurring as a result of desynchronization. This is usually achieved by timed light exposure or avoidance of natural light. Artificial light, stimulants, and melatonin can be possible additional treatments at times when patients are showing moderate to severe symptoms. Usually the following principles apply. If people are staying for short duration in the new time zone, let's say less than three days, they should keep their time schedule in the new time zone as similar as possible to their home schedule to avoid rebound symptoms when they return. Those who are staying for longer duration should try to readjust their meal times and sleep-wake schedules closer to the new time zone, starting about two to three days before travel. People traveling eastward need to phase advance. This can be achieved by avoiding light exposure during the evening and encouraging early morning light exposure before travel. They should be advised to wear sunglasses during evening hours. However, people traveling westward need to phase delay. Generally, it is easier to phase delay than to phase advance. This can be achieved by light exposure in the evening and avoiding early morning exposure to light. Wearing sunglasses during morning hours should be advised. Melatonin could be helpful in shifting circadian rhythm. In the studies that were performed, melatonin between 0.5 milligrams to 5 milligrams at intended bedtime in the new time zone reduced jet lag symptom severity in travelers who crossed multiple time zones. However, the evidence is low quality. Sedative hypnotics could be considered if patients are having severe symptoms of insomnia at the new time zone. However, caution should be used in prescribing these medications in the elderly, and those adjustments may be needed according to gender. Caffeine is generally safe and can help offset daytime sleepiness associated with jet lag. However, it should not be utilized later on the, in the afternoon to prevent any rebound insomnia symptoms. Short naps may be helpful 
However, naps should not last longer than 30 minutes and should be avoided at least eight hours prior to anticipated bedtime. Okay, thank you. You mentioned many things there. Uh, amongst those things you mentioned, you mentioned light a number of times. Is there any particular type of light that should be avoided or, or people should be exposed to? Natural sunlight is the best. It's uh, about 10,000 lux. Any um, light, even less uh, intense light, such as uh, staying in a, a light, bri uh, brightly lit room, should be enough. There are certain light boxes and sun and glasses that deliver light. However, they are generally not necessary. Okay, thank you. And let's move back to melatonin. Any side effects of melatonin, I wonder? Good question. Um, generally, it is safely tolerated. It can cause nausea and dizziness, and it can cause variable effects on alertness. Therefore, uh, actually, melatonin is not allowed for airline pilots and airline crews in some countries when they are on duty, but are generally very safely tolerated. Okay, and melatonin has been around for a, a while. Are there any other recent advances in management? There are a few advances, and some of the advances are actually based on light exposure and uh, recent availability of web and mobile-based applications to guide timing of light exposure or when to avoid light exposure have been quite helpful, though further clinical studies are needed for validation. For example, Civil Aviation Authority website for, from United Kingdom has a web page on jet lag that has table on recommended times for avoiding or seeking exposure to daylight. There are several other mobile applications also available. Armodafinil is a wake promoting agent and it could be an option for patients who require alertness and have not had sufficient results with behavioral strategies or caffeine on their prior trips. Um, however, the usage of armodafinil is off-label and it could be cost prohibitive. Armodafinil in the studies that were used for mitigation of jet lag symptoms was uh, found to be safe. Headache and nausea were the common side effects. Recently, melatonin receptor agonists such as Ramaltheon were approved for treatment of insomnia. However, further randomized control studies are needed to see whether they would work for symptoms of jet lag. Okay, thank you. And what are the pitfalls in management, would you say? Melatonin is widely available as a dietary supplement in different formulations. Therefore, the bioavailability of melatonin can vary depending on purity of preparation. It's available over the counter in several countries, including United States. So two milligrams of melatonin from one brand may not work the same as two milligrams of melatonin from a different brand. In many countries, um, airline crew are not allowed to use melatonin when they're on duty. It's not advisable to take hypnotics during a flight because the resulting immobility could result in increased risk of deep vein thrombosis. Stimulant usage can help the daytime symptoms, but it can cause disrupted nighttime sleep. And individuals experience jet lag symptoms differently. Strategies for mitigation may need to be personalized. And finally, there haven't been good quality randomized trials for treatment 
before, during, or after transmeridian flights. And more trials are needed so that clinicians can advise more robust evidence-based treatments. And last question, which is a question about questions, really. What common questions do you get asked about this disease that we haven't covered? What have we missed? The two most common questions that I'm asked by patients are, how can I sleep better at the new time zone? And number two, how can I avoid daytime symptoms? I usually advise them, there is no magic bullet here. The body will take its time to readjust. The measures that we have enumerated above can help to improve the symptoms faster. But there are some other strategies that could be utilized, which include getting adequate sleep and rest before starting travel. This is a very personal um, mistake that I am, I also make, that is spending the night before traveling, packing at the last minute and getting just three, four hours of sleep before travel. You should stay well hydrated during the flight. Alcohol and caffeinated beverages should be avoided during the flight. And finally, exercise in the new time zone. Physical activity can go a long way in mitigating the daytime symptoms of jet lag. Okay, thank you very much, Ashish. And thanks to you all for listening. We hope that this has been helpful and we hope you'll be able to put what you've learned into action to better manage affected patients or, or perhaps even manage your own symptoms. If you want to find out more, click the link in the podcast and sign into BMJ Best Practice and look at the content on this and other relevant diseases. Thank you once again.